One, two.
Well, good morning. Everyone good? Still some wandering in. I think there might be enough notes for one each. But if you haven't got notes, do you want to stick your hands up? Oh, I failed. Sorry. Um, if you're sitting next to someone, you might want to share a set and go and give one to someone with a hand up. Or if there's someone next to you, be generous. We are Christians after all. Better to give than receive. Okay, I'll make the jokes better later on. Um, we're going we're gonna to actually make a start because we've got... We've got loads to, to cover, and I'll introduce myself formally in a minute, uh, but I'm Duncan. Um, but can we stand together? I just want to invite the Holy Spirit here. And who knows? That might be it. Let's <laughs> have a fire tunnel. No, it's not. And not, not Anyway, it could be quite good fun. Um, do you know, we, we live under an open heaven, amen? Uh, and so however you feel today... Or what, however tired you are, whatever you think, whether you're having a good weekend or a bad weekend, actually uh, God loves you because you're washed by the blood of Jesus if you're a Christian here this morning. Uh, and the Bible says we, we are temples of the Holy Spirit uh, and the heavens have been rent open over us. Amen. And so I believe the Lord wants to meet with us straight away. So just reach out to him, however you feel most comfortable. I don't mind if you lay on the floor, kneel, roll around. I'm really very chilled. Uh, we, we're going to meet with God. Lord, we invite you into this place. <laughs> we say, Lord, we are so thirsty for your presence. We are so hungry for you, bread of life, Lord Jesus, the one who has words of eternal life, the spirit, the fortifier, the strengthener, the comforter. We say, come in this place, Lord, come within us. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Believe that the Lord's uh, spoke to me earlier, wa- wanting to heal rheumatoid arthritis, particularly, I believe particularly in the wrist, there's some sort of uh, pain, just if, if that's you, just reach out to him now, God is here, believe that he wants to release some right now from fear, fear of death for some, for others fear of failure, for others fear of the future, I feel the Lord wants to come and heal celiac right now, Lord we just invite you in this place, we say we're here for you, Oh, God, come and fill us. Can we just put a hand on the person next to us and just say, fill them, Lord. Fill them with your spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Strengthener, come right now. For some, he's coming like a like a, a strength right now to you, who are facing like a headwind in life. The situation is coming right now with fortification and strength. It's a strength that comforts. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. For others, there's a river of refreshing. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. A river of refreshing by the Spirit of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For others, he's just saying, lift your sights again to me. Lift your sights again to me, says the Lord. Thank you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Do take a seat. Well, there's one more set of notes here. Going to the highest bidder. Anyone need them? Oh, there you go. On the front row. There you go. Um, so thank you for coming. 
It's uh, good, good to see you all. Some of you I know, some of you I don't. Those of you who don't know me, my name's Duncan. Uh, I have the privilege of leading the Church of God first. Uh, and um, that's a nice cheer. I paid them. Um, I'm married to Jo. Uh, I have three children. Uh, Megan's 19. Uh, she's trained to be a nurse. Annie's 17. She wants to go on to be trained as a lawyer. I can honestly say I've never won an argument with Annie. Uh, and now she's going to get trained. So I have no chance. Uh, and then Harry, who's 14, uh, amazing son. He's... Uh, wanting to do something with marine biology uh, and then move to Morocco to plant a church. Uh, so there you go. So uh, I could tell you lots of stories about how God spoke to him through that. Amazing. Uh, and then we have two cats, uh, and I wished I had no cats. <laughs> also a true story. Uh, so the plan of today is that we're going we're gonna to look at, hopefully you're in the right one, uh, we're looking at spiritual gifts, the awe and wonder of spiritual gifts. I reckon if you just add awe and wonder in front of any title, it fits with the theme. So that's kind of what I did, awe and wonder of spiritual gifts. Uh, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the awe and wonder of Holy Spirit Christianity, uh, how advancing the kingdom uh, and spiritual gifts goes together. Uh, and, um, and also a specific look at prophecy and tongues. That was what I was asked to do, if we could spend some time looking at the prophetic uh, and the gift of tongues uh, and then how these gifts are to be handled both in the world and in the church. And I want to go on a bit of a rant, so you'll know when I'm preaching because it's when I shout when I'm teaching, it's a lot quieter. Uh, but the rant is uh, the first start of really this is my story uh, is that I was saved into a New Frontiers church uh, and uh, they put a high degree of importance on, on the Holy Spirit. In fact, I can remember as an unbelieving 12-year-old going to a meeting uh, and the leader at the front invited the Holy Spirit to come and looking around to see if I could see where he was. Uh, that was how uh, kind of unchurched I was. Uh, and, uh, but it was at a camp like this, uh, at Plumstead Racecourse, the Downs Bible Week. Uh, so I'm, I'm slightly older than I look. I was there, baptized in the Spirit, went forward to the front of the meeting, the youth meeting. They prayed for me, uh, and that afternoon really impacted by the Spirit uh, and was baptized in the Spirit. And so we would call ourselves charismatic Christians, wouldn't we? And uh, some of you agree with that. Uh, and uh, uh, that means that we're convicted by the Holy Spirit, brought to Jesus by the Holy Spirit, only able to confess Jesus as Lord by the Holy Spirit, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and then after conversion, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then we can all receive the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Uh, and so that's kind of the summary. However, I've noticed some trends uh, with, uh, with churches like ours, and I would say some concerns, if I'm honest, uh, around what it means to be charismatic. Now, in a U.S. context, saying charismatic needs a lot more uh, kind of uh, uh, caveats and explanation, but in our context... Uh, equally, I think there's some things that we need to understand, and one of them uh, is this. One of the concerns is that I think there's an over-familiarity with the doctrine and ministry of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Uh, and uh, some of you will remember the Toronto Blessing. Uh, do you remember that? Anyone? Uh, yeah, just about. And uh, uh, I can remember being, I was at Church of Christ the King, as it was called then, in Brighton on my Frontier Year project. And it was a joy to watch many experienced elders perplexed at what God was doing uh, as people were rolling around the floor and, uh, and screaming and shouting and demons were flying out of people. Other people were getting baptized with the Spirit and so on. Uh, but what we're talking about today is a total game changer. It, it should inspire awe and wonder. And so God has not left us alone. Do you know that the same power that raised Jesus to life lives in you? Yeah, you're going to have to get much more Pentecostal this morning. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Preach it, brother. Uh, and so on. Um, so not to have any stereotypes. Um, 
Jesus even said it's good that he should go because he'll send another to be with us. And so the same power that emptied the grave lives in you. And we have access to that resurrection power, not just for the, the moments of kind of the dramatic healing, but for fruitfulness. Galatians 5, we, we know that from our Bibles. For, for righteous living, that he helps us by the Spirit of God to live rightly and righteously. For powerful living, for moments of transformational breakthrough, uh, and we've seen this moment, and I'll tell you some stories later, where, where God is broken in with healing power, but also the power to persevere through difficulty. You know, Christianity is, is probably now one of the most persecuted faiths in the world. Uh, and well, our brothers and sisters, particularly in other nations, are facing the need to be able to persevere, and it's by the power of the Spirit, or others dealing with uh, issues in their own lives where they need persevering by the Spirit. If the disciples who spent three years next to Jesus need the Holy Spirit, then I think we do. Amen? But also, I think we can easily, secondly, misunderstand what charismatic Christianity is. Uh, and we can even come to an event like West Point, and we can think that it means that having a band, uh, having an informal atmosphere, upbeat preaching, video screens, uh, being culturally relevant is what uh, really what charismatic Christianity is. Uh, that's not how the Bible teaches it. In fact, if, if you've got your Bible, you don't need to turn to it, but you'll know it. Acts chapter 2. Uh, I would say this, Pentecost is not culturally sensitive. They were mocked. That's what it says in the scriptures. They were mocked. People thought they were drunk. It was perplexing to those who, who looked around. Peter had to stand up and explain what this outpouring of the Spirit is and was. And it worries me that we've become so seeker-sensitive, so keen to contextualize the gospel, that sometimes we lock the Holy Spirit out of our meetings. Did you know the Holy Spirit's a really good evangel evangelist? He's ever so good. He's ever so good at it. He's like, oh, if you speak to people, I, I heard a story recently about an atheist who was sitting in his bath and looking out of his bathroom window at the same time, however that worked, and, and seeing the colors of the green leaves in the tree led him to become a Christian. <laughs> so, so he got converted. Guess what happened? The Holy Spirit opened his eyes to see what he had seen many times before and realized that there is a creator. The Holy Spirit is the best evangelist. I've been in meetings where, I remember one meeting where, you know, it talks about 1 Corinthians 14 where the unbeliever comes in and uh, we, we prophesy and then the secrets of the hearts are unveiled and it, and it says, uh, so we'll fall down and worship God, explaining God is really among you. I remember being in one meeting and, uh, and someone prophesied at the front about something having cold hands. Uh, and the meeting leader applied that uh, to a healing situation. If you need healing in your hands, uh, come forward and get prayed for. Well, what happened was that there was a non-Christian there who'd had cold hands all week and realized that when God had spoken so precisely and accurately about his situations, or God must be real and become a Christian. Uh, and that was in a church meeting. The question is, here's, here's the question. When's the last time you really had to explain something the Holy Spirit was doing in your church? When's the last time you really had to explain it? So God would challenge us today, I think, and we, we'll get to some specifics around the prophetic and tongues, but he would challenge us today. When it comes to the doctrine of spiritual gifts, it is the Holy Spirit who gives the spiritual gifts, and we'll learn about why and what, what he does through those, but God would speak to us about self-reliance, I believe. That forgetting the need to re rely on the presence of God is a dangerous place. That would you replace what you can achieve with what God could achieve? 
Yeah? Would you replace what you can work hard for versus what God can do in a moment? Doing what you can do is not a replacement for God doing what only he can do. Or what about this low expectation? Leads to routine and passivity. I mean, I, I sometimes pray this at the start of a church meeting. God, I, I don't want you to come to any more of my meetings. I want to come to your meetings. <laughs> because my meetings are a lot more boring than his meetings. And so we, otherwise we get passive and routine. Biblical expectations. Spirit-filled, empowered people on a mission. Extraordinary results. And, and I believe there's an there's a increased need in our day for a thirst and hunger that says, God, I'm not satisfied with what I've seen. I'm not satisfied with what you've done. I want more. And I tell you, uh, we've seen God do amazing things in a moment. Uh, Dr. Lloyd-Jones said this. Uh, we've got to get a Lloyd-Jones quote in there, haven't we, at a, at a Bible week like this. But he said this in, in the book, uh, Great Revival, or Revival. What is needed is some mighty demonstration of the power of God, some enactment of the almighty that will compel people to pay attention and to look and to listen that is why i'm urging you to pray for this when god acts he can do more in a minute than a man with his organizing can do in 50 years <laughs> amen it's good and you see it don't you you say that that person was never going to come through however long how many, many coffees i drank with him however many i told him about jesus and then god does it and breaks in we are charismatic christianity means this being the house of God on earth. Ephesians 2, 22. You are being built together as the dwelling place of God on earth. Where heaven touches earth is in you. It's incredible truth. It's an incredible, amazing truth. Having streams of living water. We've heard about that this morning from Tim. And, and these charismatic Christianity means when, when you are walking out in your daily life with full of the Holy Spirit... There's streams of living water living in you. Psalm 46 says, doesn't it, be still and know that I'm God. But it starts with that, that there is one who is close, closer than the mountains falling into the, uh, into the oceans. Uh, and there is a river that what makes the city of God glad. Hallelujah. I've put in my notes, Ephesians 2.22 leads to Ephesians 5.18 resulting in Ephesians 3.10 which I think is quite cool because what happens is as you are dwelt built together in your church with other Christians as the dwelling place of God, there's an overflow. You, you're going on being filled. You do understand that Ephesians 5.18 isn't an individualistic context. You understand that it's, it's a corporate thing. It's you go on being filled. It's just a Western mindset that's <laughs> applied that to the individual. It's a, it's a corporate you. You be filled. You speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Go on being filled with the Spirit. When the people of God are being built together, full of the Spirit, going on being filled with the Spirit, guess what happens? The manifold wisdom of God gets displayed through the church. And then what happens is that angels rejoice and demons tremble. Uh, and so this is what we're talking about. Not, not happy Christianity, warm on the inside, it all feels very nice and modern. We're talking about charismatic Christianity where the people of God are built together, full of the Spirit, going on being filled with the Spirit and displaying the manifold wisdom of God, His glory to principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. Amen? Uh, and that's, that's what we're about. That's what a Bible weekend like this is about. The, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's God, a helper, not a power source, but a person. He will give you another helper, John 14, 16 says, a, a parakletos, which is the most Greek you'll get out of me today, but it means is a helper. I tell you, it's an aside, but uh, I thought recently we, we were 
we decided that we would try and get a bit fitter as a family, so we bought a running machine. And I found it on Gumtree. You know those moments you find exactly what you think you need on Gumtree, and then you go and collect it? Well, I, got, I went to collect it, uh, and it's, it was quite a lot bigger. I thought it folded up, and it didn't. And we tried, me and Harry, uh, my 14-year-old, trying to squeeze it in the car, not going to happen. And then we thought, we know what we'll do. We'll ring Jamie Witcher. Now, Jamie Witcher in our church uh, is a tire fitter, got a big truck, and he's got muscles the size of whatever. Uh, and we got the thing in the van, but when we got back, I couldn't fit it in the house or down the passageway because it was too wide. So Jamie Witcher was there, and he, lifted, he said to me at one point, he said, Duncan, lift it above your head. Well, you can see by the size of me, that was going to be a challenge. Uh, and so we kind of swapped sides, and he lifted it above his head, over the fence, and we got it in, got it in the house. And that, that's what the parakletos is like. He, he comes alongside, and he helps. He strengthens. He, he's called the comforter, but he's not a, a comforter in the sense of a warm blanket. Uh, he's a comforter rather in the uh, sense of a strengthener, a fortifier, an enforcer, an upholder. The same Holy Spirit that vibrates over the universe in that pre-creation moment, uh, over, over this formless creation is the same Holy Spirit that is vibrating over you and creating a new community called the church on earth. And so when he, when he is close... Everything is better. Amen? Do you know what Eden means? It means delight. Do you know, we, we were created to dwell in the place of delight. And so Phil Wilkie talks about this. You probably have heard his name from the King's Arms. But he, he, he says that that, that that reality of designed to live in the place of delight, which is the presence of God. He doesn't move away from us. You are to work from rest, which comes from being with him. And then just finally in this introduction, really, uh, his presence and identity. If you believe that you're, you're an orphan, if you don't understand you're a son or you're a daughter of God, you will live like an orphan. And you'll know an orphan spirit because when you get to a buffet and you're at the front of the queue, you fill your plate high because you're scared that it won't be there if you leave it and you want to come back. Uh, so you check it, check out the, the, the orphan thinkers are the guys with the chicken nuggets in their pockets and their plates full. Uh, and uh, but it's a it's a silly way of thinking about it because sometimes we can think, well, actually, is God able to supply what I need? Can He give me what I need? And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And when He comes to us, everything changes. You are not on your own, and there is an abundance. When you ask, He will give you good gifts. And then His presence is in us for the sake of the world. Phil Wilfie says this, the God who is everywhere loves to turn up somewhere. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? The God who is everywhere loves to turn up somewhere. And so we're going to be thirsty, we're going to come to him, we're going to drink. Even Peter's shadow was dangerous to the enemy. Amen? And so that's all kind of by way of introduction. And what my heart is for the church when it comes to spiritual gifts is that we would have an encounter so that we become an encounter. I heard a story of a guy who was shopping for a camera in a camera shop, and a Christian guy, and he's just shopping for the camera. This unbeliever walks past him and falls flat on her back. <laughs> and he said to himself, I must leak. And he, and he meant, I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit that the presence of God just flows through me and and I, I think we should apply that to when we go shopping, when you, need, when you need something from Tesco, go the opposite end and walk right across the shop and just maybe pray under your breath in tongues 
and just release the presence of God as you're, as you're there. My eldest daughter is um, training to be a nurse, and she texts us this. Uh, she's, so she's a trainee nurse, year one, uh, and she said this. She, she texts us, currently on another ward and have been for a few hours now. I walked in on my break to go spend some time with one of the ladies I nursed last week who's been admitted, and there was this lady next to her who was really thin and unwell. And I, and I sat down to talk to my old patient but ended up talking to the lady next to her, and she was so sweet. And after about 15 minutes, she stopped me and said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I want to eat something when I'm with you. And the sister of the ward burst into tears because apparently she hasn't eaten in days, uh, and they were about to start feeding her through a tube tomorrow, but she started eating. So they asked me to stay with her and feed her because she can't do it for herself and only does it when I'm there, question mark, exclamation mark. So yeah, so far we've been through a whole punnet of grapes and still going through. Uh, she's lovely. Joe texts back, my wife, she said, oh my word, exclamation mark, presence of God. Meg then texts back, she's eating a cake now, smiley face. <laughs> All the team were in tears. It's been ages since she ate. I, I text, fantastic. That's how the kingdom of God comes, Meg. You only have to be present and God is. Do you understand that, that that's you, whether you're teaching, you're, 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 you're a parent, you're a husband, wife, you're working in the office, you're, you're whatever, whatever you're doing, you're carrying the presence of God. I heard another story of a nurse who was uh, wrapping, particularly involved with um, wrapping ulcerated wounds for, for patients. And they found statistically that this nurse who was wrapping the wounds, uh, the people recovered at a greater rate. And so they asked this nurse, well, what, what are you... What are you doing? And slightly apologetically, embarrassingly, and a little bit awkwardly, he said, well, I am praying, because you're not really allowed to do that stuff, are you, in, in the hospitals and, and whatever. And the statistics were so key and so clear that they asked this nurse to start wrapping a particularly tough ulcerated uh, condition. Uh, and when he did, this impossible condition completely healed up. Again, you just think, because, because of Christians in the workplace. So we're, we're saying, look, Heidi Baker, you will have heard of her. She, uh, particularly in the middle of the Toronto Blessing, 10 years of hardly any fruit in Mozambique. And then the Toronto Blessing come. And, and interestingly, I was reading a book this week, uh, and uh, it was called Around the World in 80 Words. In fact, my mum bought it for me. There she is, there's my mum. Uh, and it had all sorts of etymology, if you know that, the root of certain words uh, for countries. And it was all sorts of, it's a secular book bought from a secular shop, uh, and nothing about Christianity. So I was just flicking through because it's that sort of book, and I'd read about. Finland, and that was Findalization was the word. I'll tell you what that means another day. And uh, these sorts of words. Canada, should I tell you what it was? Toronto Blessing. Can you believe that? Presence of God being poured out. Secular book, secular kind of perspective on it. Uh, and Heidi Baker was there, and she'd had 10 years of hardly any fruit in Mozambique at all. Uh, and then the Toronto Blessing. She encounters God so powerfully that literally for days they had to pick her up, carry her husband, carry her to the toilet, put her back on the floor in the hall. She was, she was there for, for days. After that, thousands of churches were planted. Now there are around 15,000 churches that Heidi Baker's been involved in planting. The presence of God. And that's what we talk about, spiritual gifts. God is not baptized with the us with the Holy Spirit so that our gatherings are more interesting. Even our shadows are a threat to the enemy. We live in a world where we're both to proclaim and demonstrate. Alan Scott says this, instead of praying less of me and more of you, try praying, God, make my life a reference point for your grace and glory. God, when you are moving on the earth, let it be known you're moving through me. Some of you don't believe that. 
<laughs> Some of you think, am I allowed to pray that? I'm telling you, the Bible gives you permission for it. The New Testament demands that of us, uh, that we understand that both God is with us and we are full of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit left your church, what would change? Provoking, isn't it? I could give you more stories. I'll give you one other. I'm going to teach on prophecy. Uh, we had, you may have heard this story before, but I think it's such a good story. We, we had uh, Tom, who was profoundly deaf. He had no nerves from his brain to his ears. One couple in the church decided to pray for four years uh, that, that Tom would be healed. That was their uh, son of their friends. Uh, and Tom then responded to a sound wave test at the annual checkup. The consultant had hearing aids made, but didn't expect much. When they fitted them, they did further tests. Tom could now hear. The co- consultant said, I love this, I did not expect this. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, the family, not Christians, admit this is a miracle. Update, this is 2019, April. Hi, Duncan. So this is from a couple in the church. Thought you'd like to know that we heard today that Tom had his MRI scan, and it proves not only that the nerves from his ear to brain have grown, but they have attached themselves to his brain. Praise God. He is good. Amen? God's a healing God. So we're spirit-filled sons and daughters who bring transformation by flowing in the gifts of the Spirit wherever we are. I had to restrain myself because I wanted to then teach a whole session on baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I've put that in your appendices uh, in the back of your notes so you've got that. So spiritual gifts, here we go. The main, probably one of the key context places to go to for spiritual gifts is 1 Corinthians 12 uh, to 14. Uh, and the probably the, the, the key context, without doubt, for, the, for these passages is when the church gather together and God is manifest uh, distri- dis- distributing gifts to us all. Tony Goodman, he says this, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts can, can be seen as manifestations of his presence in the church, bringing revelation, giving inspiration, and demonstrating his power. Because these manifestations work through human agents, there is a responsibility on the church to effectively judge, weigh, and evaluate them. So, so we should have an expectation of being used by the Holy Spirit. One of the saddest things I can find is when people have been uh, Christians for years and have had this in our own church, mature Christians say, I didn't know I could prophesy or I've never prophesied. For me, that, that I'll teach and you can be provoked by this. I, my, my, my assertion is that everyone can prophesy. Full stop. Now, everyone's a prophet, but everyone can prophesy. Uh, and so the prophets are there to equip the church to become a prophetic people and, and prophesy. And so uh, we're to expect being used by the Holy Spirit as a means of glorifying Jesus. And when glorify, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He glorifies Jesus. So spiritual gifts from the Spirit will glorify Jesus. They will. And so blessing and edifying others through the use of spiritual gifts whenever we come together. And so we've established that gifts are also to function as the church scatters as well as gathers. And again, that might sound different to you. You might, you might have thought, oh, I didn't realize I was able and should be able to prophesy over the, wa- over the waitress or the, or, or the Tesco checkout person or the person on the street. I didn't realize that that was part of the deal. Well, let me tell you, it's a, that's a, a phenomenal part of the deal and is a lot of fun when you do it because it messes with people. Uh, and they're, uh, they're like, how did you know that or what? And, uh, and God comes and does stuff. So 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So that's good, isn't it? So that's probably why we're here. Not really ignorant about spiritual gifts. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. 
Therefore, I tell you that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them uh, in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing uh, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So you could also look at wha- 1 Corinthians 14 uh, and Romans 12 as well. But spiritual gifts define, they're spiritual. Going to get deep here, okay? Uh, they're, they're from him, not us. So you can't kind of stir them up and make them happen, which is why it's frustrating, because I'll get to this later, when you've been a Christian years and the new Christian comes along and prophesies in a way you think that's so accurate and so beyond anything I've ever done, you think it's because it's a grace gift, right? It's because it's something you didn't earn or, or, or attain. There's maturity in how we'll manage gifts, but, but that's why gifts, are, they're, they're from him, not us. And uh, it's massively important, I think, because we need to increasingly, as I said, be hungry for spiritual gifts because we live in a, uh, a show-and-tell world. What I mean by that is people want an authentic demonstration of the power of God because that's the culture we live in now. And that, that is one way of contextualizing the gospel, I believe, that when, when people get arrested by the supernatural power of God, they're like, ah, you've got my attention. And people are increasingly looking for that, something experiential and authentic. They're gifts, they're char- charisma. Literally means things of grace from the free gift of God, not deserved, merited, or earned. That it's uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 5, service, the, the ways in which we can serve one another. The, the spiritual gifts aren't supposed to make you look impressive. They're to serve others and edify, build up, strengthen those around us. And so it's opposite of seeing them as gifts gifts on the stage of the platform. Sometimes we can get that because we, we see people who bring prophetic words with such accuracy or words of knowledge that come, you think, I could never do that, and you get impressed by the gift rather than seeing it. It's that gift serving with the gift uh, others, and we're, we're to do the same. Workings, verse 6 there of, uh, of chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 12, bursts of divine energy. You know, sometimes you, I've seen this sometimes where you can pray and you just see sometimes people are knocked off their feet. Or, or they suddenly get impacted by God, a burst of dis- divine energy. And all, all the gifts are to produce tangible results of God working, unlocking situations or release. You know, I was, we were actually having an elders email discussion around uh, how we bring words of knowledge. And sometimes it can be, they can be quite sensitive words of knowledge. It could be something, or I don't know, a, a, an eating disorder or something. You don't necessarily want someone to put their hand up and say, uh, I, I'm responding to that. That might just be a step too far for them. But you can say, if that word of knowledge is accurate for you and, you, and you're comfortable, you've got a hand in your heart or respond, and you can sometimes see things break off people just by praying with authority. And it, and it happens. That there's, there's bursts of divine energy. There's manifestations of gifts are not some hidden talent, but a particular action that demonstrates, reveals God at work. Manifestation literally means dancing hand. In other words, the gifts make God's presence obvious. Because unbelievers walk in, if you take a gathered church context, and there's suddenly a respite, this is different, something's happening. Oh, I've never heard a tongue, and what's that interpretation? Oh, that prophetic word, and someone's responding. Suddenly people are like, oh, God's in the house. Reinhard Bonnke says this. Um, 
he says that the gifts of the Spirit are not badges of honor. They are tools for the job. The job is the Great Commission. And so God freely gives uh, to the mature and the immature. Uh, we'll receive gifts, like I've said. It's not with the on basis of our merit. But they're to be handled with maturity, love, unity, and good order. That's the subject of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 about how we handle it. Tongues and interpretation and the prophetic. They're, they're not a sign of having arrived. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, can the eye say to the, the ear or whatever? It's that whole thing of a, a unified body that, that needs every part. In fact, I recently, I, you, you notice it, don't you? When something's not quite working, I strain something in my hand and suddenly realize that I, I can't use my hand in the way that I would normally, opening a handle or whatever. So you realize, oh, that, that aches a bit, and that's, not, and that's how the body in the church is, that, that you can't say one's more important than the other. It's, it's all of it working together. Our spiritual growth depends on our character. That's fruit of the Spirit rather than our gifts, which are primarily to bless others. So really important we separate those out. And so without the fruit of the Spirit, the continuation of the gifts would become quite grotesque. And I think that's why it's interesting that 1 Corinthians 12 and then 1 Corinthians 14 has that chapter in the middle, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, which is all about love. Uh, and so it's, a, it's about loving each other and have maintaining uh, love for one another in that. Some words here, which I won't go into detail, but how the gifts imparted, being thirsty, Eagerly desire, it talks about in, in 1 Corinthians 14. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. The fact that you're here suggests to me that there's eagerly desiring. Amen? Yeah. Carry on being Pentecostal, please. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Say to the person next to you, I'm eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts. You might want to ask him later, which one? I think I'd like to see a bit more miraculous powers. I always picture someone picking up a car. It's kind of the Superman, but I'm sure it's other stuff. Uh, but I think that would be quite cool. Uh, how the gifts imparted, seeking in prayer, laying on the hands, lots of references, some of those Old Testament, some of those New Testament. Do you know, it is important that we don't lose even things like, uh, the, the, I think I say it elsewhere, it, the, the importance of impartation, the, the importance of laying on hands. Do you know, <laughs> Again, we, it's really important. That we, it's something significant. Do you know, if I'm around some, I did this uh, recently, a guy called Edward Breer, if you know him, I, we had the, the privilege of traveling to South Africa for a conference, and, uh, and you know, it's a tough job, if you, you know, good work if you can get it. Uh, but uh, uh, what Edward Breer was there, who moves in signs and wonders, uh, he was just walking, he was just heading for the loo. I, s I stopped him, I said, you pray for me, <laughs> lay hands on me, because I'm, I'm believing that I, I, can, I can get everything he's got in a second. If I've got faith for it, that is what impartations you get. You inherit. You know, you don't earn your inheritance. It's a gift. Uh, and so I think I'll take everything he's got uh, and everything I can get in the, in the moment and then step into it. And then we just step out and keep going for it. But it's also by acquaintance, apprenticeship, discipling. See that Elijah and Elisha, Jesus and the Twelve. So that's kind of overview of spiritual gifts. Gifts of prophecy. What is prophecy? I I think in the beautiful list of spiritual gifts, prophecy particularly catches Paul's eye. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Has any of you guys got anything prophetic now? Yeah, do you want to come and bring that? Come and Might as well have some prophecy now. We're talking about it, won't we? Hi. I was just looking at Duncan's T-shirt when we first started, which says, off the wall. And I just feel like there's some people here who 
just a journey I've had that you've had that you are quite wacky, that you're a little bit off the wall and stuff. Um, and especially around bringing prophecy and worship, breaking out, um, you feel limited because you think, I can't go there. And I just was thinking of Heidi Baker who said she had this amazing talk one morning and she said, God just said, take off your shoes, lay on the floor and don't say a word. And that, you know, that's uh, like pushing it, isn't it? When everyone's come to hear what you've got to say, but she did it and it was awful and the whole, awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> and the Holy Spirit broke out and I feel like there's some of you, like God talks to you like that. And I just especially want to, um, yeah, say to leaders, you know, it's like God is saying, not worth wacky, I'm out of the box. My Holy Spirit is out of the box. And um, I would just love to pray for anyone later on who would really like to be able to step out in the freedom of who you are and to believe that God's designed you just the way you are and he's got purposes for you. A couple of other words and then we'll respond. Okay, so God's just brought back to my memory something that happened. Um, I was on a train, looked at a guy, big beefy guy, got a big tattoo on his neck. I wasn't really sure what was going on there. It seemed a bit of an odd thing. And then God spoke to me and said, that's the initials of his, of his children, and I want you to go um, up to him and say, I know all about Zoe. She's going to be okay. Don't worry. And there are some here who've looked at tattoos and have gone, could God speak to, m to people through tattoos? And I just believe that actually God wants to release some of us into tattoo prophecy for non-Christians when you're in your workplace, going down the street, because God can do it and God will do it. Thank you, Andrew. So is there a Jane here this morning who has a husband who's sick? Who's the Jane here this morning whose husband is currently sick? Okay. Maybe so, maybe not. Uh, and also, uh, I just believe there's somebody here this morning who's come into the tent in really serious marital danger. And you need to actually grapple with some things really, really quickly. So please, if that's you, please don't put a hand up right now. Definitely not. But come and see me. Uh, and also, thirdly, just really, really quickly here, I just felt God was saying to me this morning uh, from Revelation 3 that uh, some people needed to come to Jesus this morning for the anointing of their eyes to see prophetically. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah, go for it, Rosie. Hello. I don't often have dreams that are really specific, but um, several years ago I had a dream where I saw a finger writing out a word, and it was E-N-E-R-G, and it trailed off at the end, and I thought, what on earth does that mean? So I actually woke myself up, and I wrote it down, and uh, my husband knows a little bit of Greek, so I said to him in the morning, I've got this finger and I'm sure it's God uh, writing this word. And I said, what does it mean? And I started to spell it out. And he said, that's 
energia, and in Greek it means the resurrection power of God. And at that particular time, I was praying for somebody to be healed, and God really reminded me that when I prayed for healing, I was actually praying for the resurrection power of God. And so when you're praying for healing, if God raised raised Jesus from the dead through his resurrection power, that is actually what we're asking for when we're asking for God to heal. Tim's waving at me. Just very quickly, uh, since there are particularly leaders here this morning who are coming here thinking, I've tried everything um, to receive from God. A bit like going into your petrol station. Yeah, I know how to get petrol out of a petrol station, but this is actually one way you've got to sit there in the car and allow the guy to come and serve you. And, and there's something in you that said, I've always, I, I know what to do. I know all about this Holy Spirit stuff. And God actually is saying to you, I want to meet with you this morning and fill you. you. There's nothing more you need to do. Just be here and receive. Stop trying to fill the car yourself and allow the guy who's there at the pump to fill you with the Spirit. Let's just respond here now. We will have opportunity at the end. I feel for some that that word about needing just to feel like you can move and lay down, some of you actually physically need to do that, and you're going to feel really awkward, but you can do that, lay down in the aisle or there. You just say, I'm, I'm that one. I'm slightly, I'm a pioneering, I'm slightly out there, uh, but I felt that, that restraint, but I'm going to be uh, stepping into an off-the-wall thing. Others are this, this prophetic thing about prophetic things around tattoos. Let me, let me be really clear. There's nothing magical about tattoos, there is something significant when we're open to the spirit to speak through every, uh, speak through everything that is around us and that's the point so let's just respond lord we just pray your grace upon these things that have been spoken lord i pray would you release people into the freedom to be who they are in the full expression and the full color uh, of who they are uh, lord god that there would be some boxes broken out of uh, lord god i pray to release lord god marriages in this place uh, lord god i pray uh, if it's not a jane who's in here lord we pray for health and strength for her husband or her family lord we pray for uh, the release of the spiritual gifts and the prophetic and of being filled now with the spirit lord i pray lord lord never let us as leaders particularly lead elders get to a place where they think i know what this is about and i can do this lord we repent of that attitude and we humble ourselves. Lord, I just, even now, just kneel before you, Lord, and we just say, Lord, we humble ourselves uh, before you and we say, Lord, we are reliant on you. And so come and fill us as easy as being filled, uh, filling the car with fuel, Lord. There'll be fresh power in ministries, fresh breakout power uh, in Jesus' name. We pray for a fresh energy, a resurrection power in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just allow him to, res- just allow him to touch you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just not the drama or the shouting or the or the noise. It's the it's the Holy Spirit working in us, how He chooses to work in us. If you're open and you come with faith, like Lloyd James, so you can do more in five minutes than you could do in fifty years. Amen. And so this this gift of prophecy is for every Christian. Every Christian can prophesy. I'm believing for churches that would have what I would call a prophetic culture around them, where, where you can't queue up for coffee without getting prophesied over five times. 
Uh, and uh, I'm not talking about downgrading the gift of the prophetic. I'm saying creating an environment of the, of the prophetic. Your sons and daughters. I would say this. How would I teach this? I would say, firstly, it's your birthright as children to hear from your father. What child would, wouldn't be perplexed by the fact that they can never hear their father's voice? Uh, and, and the fact is that, that, that we know the, the voice, we, we can know the voice of the Father. We're family. Jesus is the Word of God, and He never stops speaking. My sheep will know my voice. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Is it? Oh, is it Him? Is it? You're going to know uh, His voice. We, we, we have, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 2.16, you have the mind of Christ. And so sometimes you think, oh, is that just a happy thought or is that prophetic? My view, experiment. You think, oh, that sounds a bit dodgy. It's good that we're not in the Old Testament uh, because that's a little bit more difficult when you prophesy something that's not quite accurate there. But we're going we're gonna to grow in the gift. We're going to step into it. I'll say a bit more about that in a moment. Uh, Peter's question uh, to Jesus in John 6 is, where would we go? You have what? The words of eternal life. There's things that God is speaking. So Graham Cook says, says every one of us in the church has the capacity to prophesy. We can be a prophetic statement of what the kingdom of heaven is. <laughs> That's amazing. You at work, you at home can be in itself a prophetic statement of what the kingdom of God is like in how you speak to people and how you handle them and how you, how you serve them. Showing people what Christ is really like by our lifestyle, our actions, our thoughts and our identity. We're a prophetic voice of who God is, how he speaks and what he's doing on earth. We cannot help but be prophetic. It's, our very, it's in our very bones. It's who God made us to be. So rather than looking for this small kind of narrow view of what the prophetic gift is, of, oh, isn't that a word at the front with the mic, if you're lucky enough to get the mic off the meeting leader, uh, you know, because there's not time uh, and all that. Actually, I am a living prophetic statement, a prophetic utterance, a prophetic demonstration uh, of what the Father is like, and we are a prophetic people on earth demonstrating the, 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 the who God is. That's spiritual gifts, okay? Uh, amen. Oh, I almost got an applause. We are really getting uh, Pentecostal. <laughs> Eagerly desire. Unless it's for everyone, why would Paul say that? Eagerly desire that which you cannot have. You know, it's like going to the cake shop and mum saying no. That's not good. Uh, okay, so that's, that's like, unless it's for all, why bother Paul saying eagerly desire? Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy. And so I would say this, rather than think, oh, I wonder if God will speak to me today. And I, I would say, get up in the morning and tell yourself, I can come to the Father and hear what he is saying for those I'm interacting with this week, this day. Uh, and that doesn't have to be a Sunday morning, uh, but, but one of our elders' phrases like this sounds a bit angry when you say it. He says, I come to church with my gun loaded, meaning I come to church with, with the prof- I, I've got something. I'm just seeing if God wants me to bring it. And so we, we arrive uh, with a sense of God is speaking. God is, I'm hearing. So how do I hear from God? We'll talk about that in a moment. We, 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 can, we can then go and tell that person what God is saying. It's, do you know it's a wonderful thing uh, to go and tell someone how the Father sees them? That's the prophetic. Uh, and just do that uh, and do that and make that a habit, not just during worship time, any time. The power of prophecy. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. We, we know this stuff. It, prophecy builds people up. It strengthens. It encourages. It causes them to draw near to God. It puts courage in them, and it comforts them uh, to know that God loves them in a personal, intimate way. You know, when, God, when you hear uh, someone prophesy over you, and it reveals something in your heart about who you are that not many people would know, it moves you, doesn't it? So, oh, the Father knows me. Oh, God knows me. Jeremiah uh, says it this way uh, in chapter 1. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, 
Now I put my words in your mouth. So that's the prophetic. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. That is the power of the prophetic, that, that, it, that it does tear down the works of the enemy. Because when you prophesy someone's true identity, even when they're broken and they're bereft and they're distant from God, when you start to prophesy the Father's perspective, heaven's view on them, suddenly stuff gets torn off people and they get built up. And so you're tear, often tearing things off people as you prophesy. Because people don't see themselves how the Father sees them often. And so the prophetic is that it's heaven's perspective on a person or a situation. And then prophecy builds and plants that life's imparted, it imparted to people. It reveals, let me put it this way, the gold in people. It sees them how the Father sees them. We would call that in our context, it's honor. It lifts people up. Honor is this, seeing the glory in someone, seeing their value. That's what the prophetic is looking for all the time. That's what Barnabas was like. That's what people who've got the gift of encouragement do all the time. They're constantly looking for the good. How do I strengthen? How do I give strength to you? How do I put stuff into you? Satan's strategy is the opposite. Push down, but God's heart is to lift up. And that's what the prophetic does. And you can see it all the way through Scripture. So Gideon, mighty man of valor. Do you know what his context is? He's the least of the least of the least of the least. So much so that he wouldn't even deal with his father's pagan worship in daylight. How does God see him? Mighty man of valor. It's like identity before performance. It's like this is who you are and then you will step into what you'll do. It's not do and see if you get affirming from God and then step and do more. It's like understand who you are. Understand your stature in him. Understand your value in him. Judges 6 to is, is where that reference from. You, you could say that about Peter as well and Jesus with Peter. Some would argue his name mean, means pebble rather than rock, and Jesus changes it to rock. Uh, those who are better Greek than me can correct me on that later. Uh, but there, there's the same sort of thing. That this is your name. You haven't been like a rock, but you are a rock. So how does God speak? In many varied ways, and I'm running out of time, but let's see how we do. Revelation. I think there's key aspects of receiving prophecy. We get the revelation, the picture, or however God speaks to you. Again, I think there's loads of this in your appendices. Don't be limited to the way God speaks. It might be a picture for you. It may be a feeling. It may be an emotion. He may pick up an atmosphere in a room. It, it may be when you're talking to someone, I just sense there's loneliness or, or whatever. Now, the, the wisdom is interpreting it. That's the second thing. What, what does it mean? And then thirdly, how do I apply this? And so getting your prophetic radar up and being aware that God speaks for you. We've heard actually Rosie said in a dream, I think she said, I think you said, I don't often dream in that way. But, but for Rosie, I don't know how you woke yourself up. And then the fact you've got a notepad there, I mean, ha- hats off to you. I don't, I, I, that, that's amazing that you could wake up and, uh, and then obviously having Andrew to, to read the Greek helps. Uh, but um, so I don't know, we can hire Andrew or something uh, but, and Rosie to get our notepads together. But, but we, may s- we may hear God through dreams and other things. Others of us, so there are probably two, or th- probably two occasions where I've had prophetic dreams that have, been, have, have really shaped decisions or things I've done. Probably two occasions, that's all for me. But I've known when they've been prophetic rather than whatever else it could be. Ask, ask God. Ask him questions. Uh, what are you saying through that? How do I start prophesying? Just be the most encouraging person you can be. Because prophecy is, is, a, is, a, is a gift of encouragement. 
to just encourage, 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 encourage. And in the early stages, you'll probably not be able to discern the difference between is this me encouraging or is this prophetic. But as you grow and get others around you who are good at prophesying and more mature in their gift, they'll be able to help you. Stop worrying. If I could say, underline one thing today, stop worrying and have a go. I mean, you're not going to prophesy a curse over someone. You know, that, that, would be, that wouldn't be prophetic or helpful. But even if it's just an encouraging thought, and you thought it was a prophecy, what's the worst that can happen? I think we've got ever so serious. Some of you are looking ever so serious right now. Uh, and we can change our faces to smile, light, release, and opportunity to, you know, even actually Andrew's example, stepping out, we would phrase it like this. It, it, it's risk over success. It's like having a go. Is Jane here or not? If she is, great. If she's not, do you know what? I tried. I did this on a Sunday morning recently. I said, does this date mean anything? It was just blank. I thought that's perfect in a way because what it shows is we can get it wrong or or we can get it less accurate. Occasionally, people say afterwards, "Oh yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was my birthday." It's like, well, it really, really made me look a lot better if you'd have just said that. <laughs> and then what's I don't know what the Lord's trying to deal in me there, uh, but um, probably pride. Uh, but um, but but yes, yeah, step into some stuff. Stop worrying. One Timothy four fifteen. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Even Samuel, a prophet, kind of bridging kind of the kings and the judges and that incredible statured man in that historical moment for Israel actually took him three times uh, to, to understand it was God speaking uh, and then Eli had to tell him. So we, we can practice. Expect God to speak. He's a speaking God. Please don't feel you have to screw your face up and go into a dark room for an hour to hear God, because that is how it happens. In the coffee queue, it's a thought, oh, I just feel like the Father wants to say this to you. And that, that is how the prophetic can work. Other times, it's, it's other stuff. But if prophesying over someone in everyday life, be as normal in conversation as you can. There's a brilliant book by Sean Boltz called Translating God, taking uh, the prophetic and applying that uh, into people's lives. So when you're prophesying over the Tesco person, it's probably best to keep your eyes open and use normal language. Otherwise, you just look weird. Uh, and so, uh, but in a public meeting, timing is key, being succinct, asking God for the interpretation. Just a few minutes to cover the gift of tongues. <laughs> tongues defined. This is the spirit energized, there's that word again, ability to pray, worship, and give thanks to God in a heavenly language or in exceptional circumstances in an earthly language that was not learned. The one who speaks in tongues addresses God, not his fellow believers, and only edifies himself and unless an interpretation is brought. I put in here a summary, really, of what I think 1 Corinthians teaches, taken from Tony Goodman's book. Um, and uh, he, I mean, he's a brilliant pastor, writer. Uh, it's, uh, it's not necessarily the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some would teach that. I personally wouldn't. I'd say it's one of the marks of baptism in the Spirit. It includes both tongues of men and angels. I'll give an example of that in a bit. It will operate until perfection comes. So it's great, actually, when Jesus comes and we're in his presence, everything's going to change. It does not speak to men but to God. Prophecy is God speaking to us. Uh, the, the, the tongues is a prayer language. It's from us to God, which is why when we talk about interpretation, we're normally saying ordinarily, I think, it's from, uh, from man to God. It normally cannot be understood unless interpreted. It spiritually edifies and build, uh, builds up the one using it. Every believer is to be encouraged to use it. In a church setting, is of less benefit than a prophecy unless the speaker brings interpretation. The one with this gift should pray for the ability to interpret what he or, he or she says in a tongue. So if you bring a public tongue, no one interprets, you can pray for the, uh, the interpretation and bring that. 
Tongues without interpretations cannot benefit the mind. It, it is praying or singing with a human spirit, so interpretation may be spoken or sung. Uh, one person was saying to me, even this week, that, that this prayer language of tongues is heart to heart, and the Father's interested in your heart. So it's like, rather than this Western mind for some of us, we're, we're praying with our hearts uh, to God, which is a powerful thing. 10,000 words in a tongue without interpretation of less value than building up the body of Christ than five words of clear instruction, Paul says. Tongues are a sign for unbelievers. Powerful, actually, because actually in context there, it's talking about judgment. Interesting. Uh, unpack that and read the whole chapter and work that through. But if anything, it's at least a sign to the unbeliever that God is present. Because tongues are like, what is that? <laughs> what is God doing? Uh, for others, it's like a, a sign of judgment in a sense like, well, God, I, I don't understand. Which is like a judgment, actually. And my, my mind is blank to really what's being said. Because God has to open our minds to the, to the gospel, doesn't he? Tongues should be part of a normal church service or meeting, providing their interpretations. Tongues should not be forbidden in church gatherings. Everything should be done in a fitting and ordinary or orderly way. And so stuff you can look at in your own time in terms of notes. So praying in the spirit also includes, I believe, tongues. So major spiritual warfare passion, uh, pa passage in the Bible, Ephesians 6, talks about praying in the spirit there's a there's that sense of we, we we're called to pray in the spirit on all occasions sometimes we know we run out of words run out to know what to say but we pray in tongues it glorifies god's god and it is a powerful tool for praying builds up our faith this is interestingly megan again these are tech recent texts i just think they're relevant so she's a teenager at university this is a new convert finding the gift of tongues which is which is interesting uh, so this is this is her texting my daughter Megan. The, the past few weeks I've been asking for it, meaning the gift of tongues. Then today I spent some time worshipping and I just became overwhelmed with the emotion to the point I was struggling to form words. So I closed my eyes and I found myself speaking in words I didn't know. <laughs> it's like, this is a new believer at university in Southampton. I, it just felt so powerful. And also I have to thank you, Megan. You've shown me how to open up to the Lord in ways I never knew how, and now I feel so close to him. You're a true gift sent from the Father to me. I love you, Megs. That is a new believer, a millennial mind, in her own room, seeking God. In fact, I've got in my notes, John, from you, uh, you told me this, and uh, John Siri, when he was an eight-year-old boy, not a Christian, running away from a wild dog, turned to the dog and pointed and found tongues coming out of your mouth, didn't you? And the, guess what the dog did? <laughs> Turned around and ran away. <laughs> it's a true story. That's charismatic Christianity as far as I can see. But, but it's, it's just an interesting thing. It, it, it's a prayer language, but it, it has this dynamic to it that, is, that brings us close to God, speaks heart to heart, powerful, can speak to dogs through it. Maybe it, maybe it was dog language, John, I don't know. The language of angels and dogs. So anyway, don't quote me on that. Jackie Pullinger, we, we, know, we know her story probably, but in 1966, she left England with a one-way ticket to China. And she had no mission organization, very little training, and really spoke the gospel, communicated the gospel, spoke about Jesus, life, death, and resurrection, really to not much effect as she walked around the walled city. And then she was spoken to uh, about, uh, about the being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And a couple from China prayed with her, and she received the gift of speaking in unknown tongues. It was miraculous. This, this language coming out of her heart talks about in her story, but it, in it, or someone writing about her story. But in her case, there was little emotion with it and no immediate apparent benefit. So she didn't continue it. 
But then a couple from America moved to the city. They taught Jackie about the benefits of the gift of the Holy Spirit and how it could enable her to, to be built up in her most holy faith and empower her to be a witness. They challenged her to pray in tongues every day. Immediately things began to change. She set her clock 15 minutes mechanically, 15 minutes of praying in tongues every day. Uh, and although she used the same words, the same methods in sharing the gospel, now she began to see powerful results as she walked about the walled city, praying in the spirit, quietly under her breath. Hearts were miraculously opened and lives changed. Drug addicts and gang members began to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. As they got saved, those people needed to get free of all sorts of stuff and their freedom came as they themselves, these new converts, prayed in tongues as well. And so this is a powerful gift. It's, it's normally an unknown language. Uh, Paul talks about language of angels, but it, but it also can be uh, a language perhaps which, uh, that's a, a known language that we've not learned that can be spoken out. I heard of one pastor tell a story when he was in a remote part of South Africa and only the local dialect was being used. One of the tribal elders prayed out in eloquent English. When the pastor spoke to him and thanked him for doing so, he found that the elder could not speak a word of any European language. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And you can read the stories of, uh, of Azusa Street and other things, God doing miraculous things. But tongues builds us up on the inside. It builds others up if it comes with an interpretation. It's, it's a gift that's available to all of us. So if you've never spoken in tongues, we're going to end with a ministry time, which in the next couple of minutes, it, it's, it, it's a gift available to all of us. How we handle a public tongue is that when it's brought, we're expecting an interpretation that is from us to God because it's a praise language, uh, and so we're expecting that. Uh, and uh, actually, sometimes what happens with the with the tongues and the gift, the public tongue, opens up the spiritual kind of radars, and then people begin to prophesy. That's that's my experience. I don't mean that's the interpretation because we're looking for not something from God to man, but from man to God. And so we just got to manage that. But many of us, perhaps, are in meetings. Some of us are leading meetings, just being aware of that. But Sam Storm says this, I would define the gift of interpretation as a spirit-empowered ability to understand and communicate an otherwise unintelligible public utterance of tongues for the spiritual benefit of the congregation as a whole. Such a good summary, isn't it? Uh, and it says building each other up. It's, it's the ability through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to bring understandable meaning through the weight or the burden of what's been prayed. You, you sometimes will hear a tongue sung, and, uh, and then when it's sung in English, kind of you know when it kind of captures that weight or the burden uh, of what is brought. And so tongues, I think, is a, uh, in a way, a, an under-understood gift in the sense that we, we don't always understand, oh, it's, it's just when I run out of words, isn't it? No, I, I would encourage us, including myself, get in the habit of praying in tongues. I heard a story of one guy this week who, who, who apparently would say he's trained his mind, I don't know how, to pray in tongues 24 hours a day. Now, I assume he sleeps, but, but there is this sense that in the background of our thinking, we're just get the gift of tongues flowing in us, it's strengthening us, and in the public setting, uh, bringing that gift that is uh, unlocking situations and bringing the presence of God. When the gift of many tongues and the interpretation of tongues functions in the understanding that it's God would rather than man would, it releases a tremendous presence of God that he's in the midst of his people. That's what Sam Storms would say. So, loads more I could say, really, it was really, really where I started. The gifts are here from the Holy Spirit, gives the gifts. They're for us as we gather to strengthen the church so that we're edified, so that when we spill out into the community, we're strong. But also, particularly, the gift of prophecy to be used out there in the world 
directly with people and the gift of tongues to strengthen us while we're out there in, in that world, in that place. It sometimes can be so challenging. So why don't we stand together? Completely run out of time. I would just say this, that I'm going to pray over us. If you want to stay for ministry, we've got some ministry team here. We will stay for as long as it takes to pray for you, okay? We're really happy with that. Don't mind how long we stay. Uh, but I know numbers need to head to get kids and things as well. But why don't you just receive right now fresh as you go from here. Why don't we have some fun this afternoon prophesying over the people uh, on the opposite football team or pro- prophesying in the shower queue tomorrow. Uh, what could be, Lord told me you should go first. Uh, and uh, uh, or, or whatever it is. But Lord, we, we thank you that, Lord, we don't want to be frivolous with these gifts, but I do believe you've called us to be children uh, and to enjoy uh, th- this adventure with you. And so, Holy Spirit, we just look to you to unlock that which has been locked up. I feel for some, even as I'm praying, that it's felt like you've, your voice has been shut down. And the Lord's saying, I, I'm not one who shuts down, I'm one who releases. And you don't need to worry. You don't need to get it all right, all correct. Get someone around you can help you, you trust. But be released. Be released. Father, we just say, send your Holy Spirit. I, I'm asking right now, if you particularly want to move in signs and wonders, in healing, just put a hand up. The Lord's here. He's, he's a God who imparts. Lord, we've heard stories today. Release healing gifts in this place. Your word says it. We, we're told to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So we say, Lord, we've focused on two, but we say release the others. Healing in this place. Healing right now in this place. Right now. Healing in this place. Gifts of healing. Cancers that will melt. Healthcare professionals in this place to see uh, some of the things that we've heard about uh, spoken today. Release of gifts in this place. Receive by faith right now. Your Lord is with you. There's some Red Seas. There's some, there's some Jordan Rivers that you're going to cross that you've, you've not seen done before. So we say, Lord, release right now. Supernatural breakthroughs. Let cancers disappear. Be particularly that uh, eye conditions are going to be healed in Jesus' name. You must let me know if some of this stuff happens. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for that. If you're a healthcare professional, can you reach out to God right now? I say, in that healthcare environment, release supernatural healing. Lord, we know there's some limitations around what it means to, to outwork that. But we say, Lord, where we are present, you are present. And so we say, Lord, release your Holy Spirit, we pray, in this place. Lord, boldness, I pray, in Jesus' name. Sons and daughters walking with authority, walking in the power of the Spirit, walking in a confidence that God has given. Lord, release a prophetic over the cashier uh, at Tesco's. The most unexpected uh, thing that people would say, God exists because he spoke to me through that person. You're that person. Right now we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So we say, Lord, come. He's here. Lord, I pray, would you deal with our mindsets that says I can't? The Lord says you can let it be known, as uh, Alan Scott says, when God is moving, let it be known he's moving through me. That's not a proud or arrogant comment. That is who you are. You are royal sons and daughters of the king. And where you set your feet, where your shadow falls, is a threat to the enemy. You've been sent to undo the works of the enemy. 
to bring the love and compassion of God. And you're going to do that through being filled with the Spirit, ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit, getting strong as you pray in tongues, and strengthening as tongues is interpreted and the church is edified and scatters into the world. Lord, we say, would you do it, Lord? We say we do not want to get bored in church meetings. <laughs> we do not want to get bored when we're out and about, when we think, what will God do today through me? What will God do today if I just open my eyes and my ears and function in the spiritual realm in that sense, full of the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit. I pray, Lord, excite us afresh, I pray. Let the river of God flow through us, Lord. We pray for it in Jesus' name. We say, Lord, let there be holy chaos in a peaceful and ordered way. <laughs> Lord, we pray, whatever that looks like. Lord, we ask for it in Jesus' name. We say, when people are around us, let no one be safe from the goodness of God. Let no one be safe from hearing the Father's perspective as we prophesy over them, as we release the goodness of God over them, we pray. If it looks different, if it's a bit off the wall, then so be it, Lord. Because we say we want to be obedient to you. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for coming. We're going to um, thank you. We want to pray for you. It's nothing I enjoy more than praying and prophesying over people. So if you want prayer and you've got time and you want that, come to the front, get prayed for. If you need to shoot, feel very free. And may God go with you and bless you as you go. Thank you. the word about this time.